Welcome to the Midlife CEO Podcast, where business coach and strategist Jeannie Spiro teaches you how to take your coaching business to six figures and beyond at Midlife. Join Jeannie and her guests as they reveal their best kept secrets to creating a thriving six or seven figure lifestyle based business. And now, Jeannie Spiro. Welcome back to another episode in the Midlife CEO Podcast. I am so happy once again to be here with another guest. Today, I have Laura Posey. She is the founder and chief instigator at Simple Success Plans. Her mission is to help entrepreneurs plan their entire year on one sheet of paper and then accomplish 100% of their plan. Okay, I cannot even tell you how happy I am to have you here, Laura, (laughs) for so many reasons. But first of all, that was so succinct. And I'm just so excited to dive in. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I love, love, love talking about planning. I know it's weird, but it's fun for me. Oh, that's so great. Okay, so I have a lot I want to ask you, and I'm going to start with this. Um, Were you always a planner? Like, did you grow up with like, or like, were you born with a calendar in hand and pencil and planning and all of that? Was that something you were like, from the start? <laughs> no, no, I was, I was that last minute person, right? I was always the one that was like, oh, I got a paper due tomorrow. I should write it tonight. You know, I, I, I mean, all the way through college, like I just was always a last minute, fly by the seat of my pants. I've, I've always been that person that's like, hey, you wanna go like fly across the country tomorrow? Yeah, sure, let's do that. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I quit college in the middle because um, I, I went overseas for a, um, an exchange program and then I, um, stayed an extra semester because I was having fun. And then I came back and I couldn't finish up my coursework when all my friends were graduating and they were like, we're going to go drive around the country till we run out of money. And I was like, okay, great. I'll quit college and do that. You know? So, um, it, it honestly, I didn't become a planner until, I started this business that was actually 20 years ago. And um, actually it wasn't even then, it was, it was probably five years into the business. Um, I was working with a business partner and I had this, uh, we, we built this business and it was basically, I call it a business. It was basically just a big cash suck. Um, <laughs> yeah, I hated, I hated him. I hated the way he made decisions. He spent money like, it was, he spent money like he was making it and he wasn't. And I just was so frustrated. And um, so I ran away to Sedona, Arizona for a retreat. And I was hiking out in the, in the desert. And I, um, I, I just had gotten up to do what I was doing. I got up, like, oh, I'm going to go for a hike. I, you know, I'm fit. I yeah, just, I'll follow the trail. It'll be fine. And um, I got in real trouble on the trail and actually almost died. And um, I kind of got out of the, the situation and, and sat down and was sort of, you know, in that moment where the adrenaline's coursing and you're thinking. And, and to me, that's like when you have those epiphanies, right? Mm-hmm. And I had this, this, just, it hit me like, you got in trouble on this hike because you didn't have a map. You didn't, you just got up and did it. And you got, you're in trouble in your business for the exact same reason. You didn't have a plan, you just recreated your job with a person that you didn't do any, I mean, I had been on like Mm -hmm. nonprofit boards with this guy, but I didn't really know him. 
and I should have, you know, interviewed people and asked, I mean, I just, I, I didn't have a plan. And that was the moment that it hit me how important planning was. And I've been a devotee ever since. Uh, I, I know it's always hard when we go through something personal like that, but the realization had probably saved so many aspects of your future oh. and your business, right? Yeah. Or recreated something. So a lesson, one of the biggest takeaways, I guess, for you is that you always plan or uh, you plan so much differently in your business now and you teach yeah. other people the importance of this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So not only the importance, but you teach what to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like winging it is just only going to get you so far. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, when you're in like a corporate structure, you can, you can feel like you're winging it because they have so much structure and they have so many plans and you're just sort of forced to go along with what they decide to do. But when you're out on your own and you're doing your own thing, if you don't have a clear destination and you don't know where you're headed and why you're headed there and what you're going to get when you get there and what you're going to get along the way, yes. you're going to end up in a world of hurt. Laura, I love this conversation because I think a lot of people, when they start their business, they're kind of like, is this going to work? Should I, should I put effort and energy into things? And we plan some things, but not everything. And then as you go along and you start to have success, you're, you're, you're not doing the same things that you did in the beginning, right? And you have to look at it differently, but you're not planning for how am I going to get my next client? You're, you're planning for sustainability and you know, how, how big am I going to grow? And, and do I need a team? And, and you're making other plans and you have to like, look at a bigger vision, right? Yeah. And not everybody wants to do that, this work because it's not, I'm going to just say it's not sexy, right? It's like, ugh, yeah, I don't want to do that. We want to be an entrepreneur and be creative. Right. And, and I, I just kind of always go back to like, we always plan the important things in our lives, mm -hmm. right? Like you plan your wedding. You plan for your retirement. You plan for your vacation. Most people spend more time planning that you wake vacation than they spend planning their business, Yeah. right? When you have kids, you plan for their upbringing and their college and all of these things. Your business is the thing that provides the money for mm -hmm. all that other stuff. Why would you not spend a little time figuring out what the hell you're going to build <laughs> and how you're going to do it, right? I know. I know. Absolutely. I think that one of the things that I've come to realize over the last few years for myself was that once I started to see my year and what I was doing in my business, then everything else could kind of come in and be worked around it. But we had a pandemic. So yeah. how that was hard to plan around, right? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so can you talk about how the pandemic, um, how did that shift things for you and some of your clients who might have planned things out prior to March 2020? What happened yeah. for, for everyone? Yeah, so it, yeah, it was, it, it was absolutely really cool because it, for me, it, you know, they always say that it's the, the exception proves the rule. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the pandemic was this exceptional time, but it, it once again proved how important planning is and in, in doing it in a specific way. And one of the things that we say around here all the time 
is if things aren't going the way you want them to go, change your tactics, not your goals. So keep your goals in place, but maybe you got to, you know, it, it's like, you know, in your GPS, you've got your like, hey, this, this is the destination. I want to go to this address, right? And you're driving along and Google's like, hey, you need to get off this road because there's a big accident. You need to go around this obstacle. And like, you'll still get there. You're just going to take a different route. Mm -hmm. And we do the same thing in our planning. So with all of our clients in 2020, you know, we hit March and they're like, ah, all the things I wanted to do, you know, like I'm a speaker. There are no stages, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm a coach and I, I used to do all these, this networking and there's no networking. And, and so just said, okay, your goals are your goals. You still want to make the same amount of money, right? Right. Well, yeah. Okay, great. We've got to just figure out a different path. Right. Right. So right. then you, you know, it, it's, I hope this, it, this phrase that some people hate and some people are okay with, it is what it is. And that, that phrase, it is what it is to me is not a brush off or an ending. It's the start of a conversation. So you could just say, okay, it is what it is. We're in a pandemic. These are the facts. Yes. What are we going to do with them? What are we going to, where do we go from here? Given that this is, you know, we can't get together. All right. What are the other options? What else can we do? And so we just helped our clients figure out that different path, you know, we were sort mm -hmm. of like Google and we Google maps and we just are like, Oh, there's an obstacle. Okay. Well, here's how we're going to get around it. Right. And, um, and so the plan became just as important during the pandemic, the, the destination stayed the same. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, we just had to change the, the route that we got there. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing when you're planning. So often what happens is, in in business is that people get going along you know they're like okay here are my goals this is what i want to do and for whatever reason they get behind they're not on track to hit their goals and so instead of doubling down and getting creative and figuring out okay well i still want the same amount of money how am i going to make it they just lower it because they can't right and like you, right. you know if he's a business owner you're not accountable to anybody else right just yourself so they change the goals all the time and they get to the end of the year and they're disappointed because they didn't do what they said they wanted to do. Yes. And, and planning really helps you focus on like, oh, this is, this is what I really want. I want this money. And I mean, and you know, not to be crass about it, but the purpose of your business is to make money. It is. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I, I hear people say, well, the purpose of my business is to serve people. And I'm like, that's a charity or a hobby. Mm -hmm. Purpose of a business is to make money by serving people. Mm -hmm. Yes. Exactly. But if you ain't making money, you ain't a business. No, 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 no. So you need to actually yeah. make plans. You, you, yeah. you need and to know what to do. Yeah, exactly. Your, yeah. your goals have to be money related. Like I, I see this all the time. This drives me crazy, but it, it's, I have to tell myself, it's just a lack of knowledge. <laughs> um, that like, I'll, I'll ask somebody like, oh, you know, what are your goals for this year? And they'll say, well, I'm going to write a book. That's one of my goals. Like writing a bowl, writing a book is not a goal. Selling 5,000 books. That's a goal because that is generating cash. Right. But writing a book is just a nice idea. It's just a project. 
Right. Within the scope of business, when we get that specific, uh, you know, and I, and I look at it from a different angle too, like some, many of my clients would have live events and I, yeah. they would say to me, I would like to have an event or a workshop. And I'd be like, so what's on the other side of that? What are you selling? Right. What is it? How many people do you want to have there? Let's get specific. And it would always make their head hurt. Like, I just want to have an event. I'm like, there's got to be a purpose behind this. Don't just right. do it to do it. And I, I think that's, I've been trained to think very strategically and goal oriented, but connect the dots. You work very much yeah. the same way. Why do you think people don't always see that though? Like they don't look at it the same way we might. Is it because we practice that and we work that way? I think it's, you know, a lot of folks, when they go into business, they're doing something that they really love doing. Like they're taking a piece from their old world, their corporate world, whatever. And they're, they're, the thinking is like, okay, I'm going to stop doing all the crap that I hated. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to keep doing all the stuff that I love to do. Right. Right. And oftentimes the stuff that they hated was, you know, meeting their quotas and deadlines and, and all of the pressure to perform because the corporation wanted to make money. Right. And so they, they get over into their own business and they think, well, you know, I just want to do all these fun things and the stuff that interests me and that, that it's exciting. And I don't want to have money goals and deadlines because that's mm -hmm. pressure. And that's why I left corporate. Yes. And you know, and, and it's like, well, I got news for you. This is your income. Like, yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, 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 if you've got a spouse that is happy to support you or you've got a trust fund or something, don't you don't have to worry about the money, right. but most of us like to eat and have housing and feed our animals and our children. And we like cars and vacations and, right you know, retirement and all that sort of stuff. So we gotta make some money. Well, you hit, hit on something that I think is really important. You know, we do start our businesses in some cases and many of the people that I work with, and I think it's similar for you, start after having done something else. And at midlife, yeah. we're passionate about doing something that is meaningful and matters to us. And, um, and there's certain things we're unpacking from the past, right? Yeah but we shouldn't unpack everything. <laughs> there are certain yeah. things that we still, and we're also learning uh, things that we yeah. didn't learn because we might not have had these skills from our past life, our past work life. Mm -hmm. So I, I think you have a similar demographic, right? You work with many yeah. people. Yep. Okay. So what, is, what do you think um, the midlife person or someone yeah. who's starting a business after 40, typically that's who I work with, yeah. What do you think that you would like them to know uh, about what's going to help them thrive and be successful in midlife? Um, I think it's a couple of different things. I think it's one, you know, by the time you're 40, you've got a pretty clear sense of what you want in your life, like where you, how you want to live your life, what you really like, what you really care about. And you know, I, I, when I hit 40, it was funny. People would always tell me they, when I turned 40, they were like, yeah, you're really going to stop caring a lot about what other people think. Right. And then, and then, they, then when I was getting ready to hit 50, they were like, yeah, when you get to 50, like, you're really going to stop caring. I'm like, man, I really stopped caring at 40. And then I hit 50 and I'm like, oh, now I really don't care. <laughs> like, it's just, I want to do what I want to do. 
Yes. Right. I'm going to do it my way and I'm not going to, you know, bend myself into a pretzel to do it somebody else's way. And, and so I think that for the midlife CEO, it's about figuring out how to have a business that, that delivers you the life that you really want and the lifestyle that you really want. Mm -hmm. Right. So that you can live where you want to live and have the time and the money to do all the things that are important to you. But, but the, the things that are really important to you, not the like, you know, I mean, if you want to have four Ferraris, fine, but mm -hmm. you know, there's all this like, Oh, you've got to own a sports team and make a million dollars. And like, no, you don't have to. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, I, I want people to get really clear about what they want in their life and then build a business that delivers that by serving other people and doing mm -hmm. good work in the world. Yes. And so it's, it's figuring out what do you really want in your life? And then what can you deliver to other people that they're willing to pay for that, so that they get what they want, right? It's the old win-win, right? It's like, okay, mm -hmm. you deliver mm -hmm. massive value to them. They're thrilled to death Absolutely. to give you some cash. And that cash then funds your ideal lifestyle, whether you want to be the you know, the laptop lifestyle of, you know, sitting in Bali, right. um, you know, working with people, which I can tell you right now is not as easy as it sounds. Oh, I know. <laughs> I have, I have tried to work in Bali um, and I love Bali and it is a absolutely magical Island, but the internet is not so good and the time zones will drive you crazy. <laughs> well, and so that's, that comes with planning and researching yeah. and so yes you can set a goal however if you don't know some of the details to get to where you want to go it might not necessarily always work out the way you planned right yeah so well that's, that's so yeah like so if you're going to make a big change mm -hmm. like if you want to do something like totally different than what you think than than what you're doing now it, before you put it in your plan and say, this is what I want. I'm a big fan of doing a little test. Oh, right. What is that? So, okay. yeah. So like, if you want to be the laptop lifestyle person, you know, you're like, I want to, I want to go, I want to be able to work anywhere in the world. And at any time, it's like, mm -hmm. okay, great. Before you decide to just throw everything away and, and grab your laptop and your plane tickets and wander off, plan a 90 day vacation mm -hmm. where you're going to work and go to, some, go to like someplace halfway around the world that you think you like, I want to work on this tropical Island and, you know, look at the ocean every day in my bamboo hut. Okay, great. Go do that. Try it out. See how you like it. Because the only way you're going to learn that stuff is by actually experiencing it. Yes. Um, some people, depending on what they do, it'll work great. Um, other folks, not so much. I, I was in Australia for the first three months of the pandemic. Oh, wow. And I always thought, man, I would love to live over here. This would be great. Oh, no. Because all of my clients, 98% of my clients are in the U.S. Yes. And I was getting up and working from midnight to six or eight o'clock in the morning oh. to be able to take care of my U.S. clients. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, oh, this sucks. And so I talked to some of my Australian friends and said, hey, you know, 
how, how do you guys do this? Is there a big enough Australian market? And they're like, oh no, we just work in the middle of the night because we get US clients too. So, mm. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a late night gal. I am yeah. not a night owl. This is not gonna work for me. So, so you good experiment. It. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. We did something similar and uh, I, I'm, I'm married to an entrepreneur as well. He runs his own business. And so we need to live near the water. Um, mm -hmm. And we do. Uh, so he is in the marine industry and uh, my husband's a rigger. And so where we live in Rhode Island, it's really helpful that from March through November, he's right where we are, right? And yes, mm -hmm. he can work the rest of the year here as well, but the season changes, not, you know, people pull their boats yeah. from the water, they put them back in typically in April, but they typically pull them because it's not a year round sailing yeah. community. So we decided that we would look at maybe a little extended time away this past, we had planned it before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And we said, we're going to plan a little bit extended time and it'll be a vacation, but we'll see if we like where we're going to go. And maybe this is something we'll do in the future. So we went to Florida, we went to Captiva Island and knowing it was, it was a vacation, it wasn't necessarily going to be a workspace, but what came out of it was, this is probably not going to be a place that he would work for part of the winter. And it was a good test. And it was a two week yeah. vacation that turned into you know what, we're not going to plan this for the future. And we don't see ourselves living here and moving here. So I'm glad we were able to test it, do it in the under the guise of a vacation. And then now go back to the plan, which always stay the same. And I think this is what you're talking about is the plan is always how can we have a little bit of flexibility outside of the time that we need to physically be in our mm -hmm. space, so that we can be someplace else for another part of the year. And both of us work there uh, in a space that we want to be in. So yeah, yeah, it was a good experiment. Um, yeah. And now we know. I, I'm a big fan of testing. Yeah, it's great. Okay, it's now I got to ask you about this one page or this one sheet okay. of paper. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody asks you this, I bet, right? Let's go into the nuts and bolts because I love talking about money. I love talking yeah. about ways to make money. And I love when things are simple. So one sheet, yeah. why one sheet or one, one sheet of paper yeah, that yeah. can plan? Yeah, so there, there's a couple of reasons why you, you wanna use one sheet of paper. So the first thing is that putting everything on one sheet of paper and not allowing yourself to just use smaller fonts, it forces you to decide what's really important. Right, because you know, if you look at the word decide, the root of the word decide means to cut out or cut away. Mm -hmm. And so by deciding what goes on that sheet of paper, you're cutting out and cutting away all of the things that are not most important, mm. right? Because there's a million things you can do. There's only a handful of things that will fit on that sheet of paper. And so, you really have to get serious about, okay, of these 10 things that are interesting to me, mm -hmm. what am I really going to commit to doing? And, and, and so there's just so much power in that one sheet of paper. And when you're, when you're focusing on a few really important things, 
you leverage your time and energy in a very different way. You're really concentrating your time and your money and your energy on those few things because you've only, I mean, you've got a, a defined amount yeah. and a specific amount of time and money and energy. And instead of spreading it over 50 different things, you're really concentrating it into a couple of places where you can really make a deep impact and you can really build a fantastic foundation so that you can build a business that is sustainable. And if you do it right, it's actually saleable. Yeah, makes perfect sense. And I've noticed that for myself when I focus on less, it's, um, it takes out the clutter in my mind too. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, yeah. And I think also the thing is when you have so many possibilities and so many options, it's easy to ping from one thing to the next. Right. Yeah. 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 So one benefit is definitely it just helps you focus. Uh, yeah. And also, would you say that there's possibility of more like, oh, like you're able to be more successful or achieve when you work on less, you can achieve? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, it's the, when you look at the, the folks that are really extraordinary at the things that they do, they're extraordinary at one or two things. They're not extraordinary at everything. Um, you know, there are those rare exceptions, but most people, when they really focus on the, the thing that they're great at and they, they master that, that's where one, they get the most enjoyment, mm -hmm. right? You know, it, it's just more fun to do something that you're fantastic at. Yes. And particularly when you're working with other people and you're, you're selling your expertise, you're able to get such better results for them, yes. right? And so yes. that's really gratifying. So it just feels great to focus that energy and get really good at a couple of things instead of, mediocre at a bunch of other stuff. Oh, I know. I'll tell you something, Laura. I had something happen a couple of years ago where I was I was applying to be part of a, a group. This was probably back in the early, maybe it's like 2012 or something like that. And it felt like it was so easy to grow a business online. And I think I said at that point, I had moved away from being a health coach and a life coach. So I'd done that in the beginning when I was still working through what I was going to do. And then I said, well, I'm an online business coach. And, and because I had been having success for two years, growing my business yep. online and able to teach other people. And so someone when I was joining and applying for this community said, a lot of people do that. What are you really great at? What are you really good at? And I'll tell you, it threw me off. Like I thought, well, I'm good at all these different things. And then I thought, you know what? I actually am not loving all of this. And I don't think this is what I'm best at. So I started to really narrow it down from there. And ever since I have stayed in my lane and I've known I'm really good at speaking. I'm really good at developing programs that people can sell. And I'm really good at having events as a way that people can sell those. And I think I could have gone in many different directions, but I narrowed it down and then I became known. And it was much easier to plan everything around, okay, I'm gonna do a lot more speaking. 
<laughs> I'm going to teach people to do yeah. a lot more speaking and, you know, things like that. And it not only helped me in my business growth, it helped me teach my clients to work on less, to do less, to get more yeah. specific about what your expertise is. So I know I was in that really crowded space and I narrowed it down and I stayed in a zone that is my expertise and was also needed. So I, I, I think that it made it easier to plan my growth as an entrepreneur yeah. when I narrowed down. Yeah, we, we always, you know, ask people like, what's your superpower, right? You know, and if you think about, you know, superheroes, they all have like one, maybe two things that it's like their thing, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Superman flies and he's super strong, right? That, that's his thing. Aquaman, he's got the oceans covered. Superman yes. could go do things in the ocean. I'm sure he can swim, but he doesn't have to. He's got Aquaman, mm -hmm. right? And Batman's got his thing and, you know, they all have their thing that they're great at. And so when you can figure out what you're great at, then you can just do your thing. Yes. And you can just have all of these other colleagues that have their superpowers. Yes. And so if your client needs something that's not your superpower, you just hand them over. Yes. Like, oh, you need something in the ocean? Here's Aquaman, go. Yes, I love it so much. And I think that we share a similar philosophy on this, that you know we don't have to be great at everything, as you're saying. We're gonna be really good at what we are. But if we also have connections with other people that we can um, share, right? Yeah. Possibly, we don't do this, but let me refer you to so-and-so. I think my yeah. business has grown so much more because I am so open in referrals. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. this is not my zone. You need to go yeah. to someone else. And, and that's been reciprocated. You see the same, right? Yeah, absolutely, all the time. Right. Um, I, I've got my lane. I do planning. Mm -hmm. I came out of a sales background. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really good at sales. I've done sales training. I've built sales training programs. I've managed huge numbers of salespeople. I know how to hire them. I'm good at it. All I do is planning. I'm really good at marketing. I have studied it for years. I have taught it to people. I've got programs on it. I don't, all I do is planning. Yes. Right. And if I, you know, if I need a little bit of wisdom from a, one of the other places, but you know, if somebody's like, um, Hey, I want to build an online course. I'm like, well, I've done that a lot. I know how to do it, but mm -hmm. I'm not going to teach you. That's not my superpower. I got to find somebody yeah. that I know that that's their superpower and hand you over. Cause it's not my thing. It's fabulous. I love the way you work. It's such a generous way of serving really. Uh, it's a kind and generous way. And I'm not sure that everyone operates the same way. Well, I, love I, 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 I love that you think that I'm kind and generous and I like to think of myself that way, but it, you know, the truth is it's also self-serving, mm -hmm. right? Yes. If, if I'm, if I say, oh, I'll help you build an online course and it's not my superpower, I am doing that person a disservice. Right. But I'm also doing myself a disservice. I'm using up yes. huge amounts of my time and resources because I'm not any good at doing this thing. It's not my superpower. Yes. So yes. I'm, I'm cheating myself and I'm going to get frustrated. And so it's in my best interest also to say, no, I don't do that. Go talk to this person. Oh, absolutely. Well, so tell me what else do we need to know though about 
about planning and you know your year, like looking at your year on one sheet. What else is important for us to know about this? So you know, I I always look at planning. It, it, there's just a couple of building blocks to a good plan, right? You always want to be looking about three years out, mm -hmm. right? You know that that longer view, but it's really hard to plan for that longer view. You know, it's it's I can't tell you what's going to happen in three years. I couldn't build a three year plan if you paid me, <laughs> but I I have a sense of where I want to go. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like okay, I'm I'm over there, and then I can back into okay, well, where do I need to be at the end of this year to kind of be on track for that? And to be in alignment with that and then and and so i look at those those goals the one-year goals and they are just you know what do i want to sell how many of this program do i want to sell how many of this program do i want to sell or how many coaching clients do i want to have right or how many stages do i want to be on with dollar values attached yes yes right so we, we the goal is always some quantity of something related to money right Right. So it could be a, a number of clients, but with dollars attached, a number of programs with dollars attached. Um, it's never just number of dollars, though. Um, you know, because you just say, well, I want to make $250,000 this year. Your brain goes, well, the hell that. What? Yeah. How am I going to do that? Like, where's it going to come from? You have to chunk it down into it's like, oh, it's 25 of these programs and 10 of those and four coaching clients and exactly you, you've got to give your brain those little things and then it's just the rest of the the big planning stuff is just figuring out what projects have to get done mm -hmm. in order for you to get there mm -hmm. right do you what what systems do you need to have in your business do you need to have a a linkedin strategy mm -hmm. that you're executing every week or do you need to like you know create a one sheet if you want to go get some speaking gigs like that's a project that has to happen mm -hmm. um right. do you need to hire a virtual assistant do you need to write the damn book you know whatever um but it's figuring out like what are all the big projects that have to happen for you to make those sales and then lining those bad boys up and getting them done so i have to bring this up because i think that you know having been in coaching for so long and working with so many people you know, sometimes what ends up happening is we do things because we're either we're we think we're supposed to do them, or we've been told we're supposed to do them, or everybody else is doing that, or that used to be done, so you think you still should do that. And I'm I'm like subscribed to blogging, right? Like blogging forever, right? And then I moved mm -hmm. away from some of that. And then I subscribed forever was the templated newsletter, you know, and it was like, mm -hmm. I'm gonna write a blog and a newsletter. I'm gonna do it every single week. Yeah. And it didn't matter if it was a good one or not, it was done. Yeah. But planning, and when I started doing a little bit of this myself, it was mm -hmm. like, wait a minute, I'm gonna work on the stuff that matters now. Yeah. And, right. And so I would say probably one of the benefits of all of this is you filter through what is most important to, to be doing and how to spend your time and energy yeah. in what's yeah. going to like, like the biggest impacts, right? Yeah. So then you can yeah. rethink all of these other pieces that sometimes yeah. you're either caught up in or think you're supposed to yeah. do, right? Exactly. Like I, anytime I'm working with a client and they say, okay, like here are all the projects I'm going to do this year. My, my first question is, 
how does that make you money? How does that sell something? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, well, I'm going to write a book. It's like, okay, well, how does that, how does that create cash in your business? Well, then I'll have more authority. How does that create cash in your business? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I love that you go right in. <laughs> if you're the best kept secret, I don't care. How, I mean, there's probably a million people on this planet that are the leading authority on something. And I don't know the, you know, they, yeah. I have a friend who is the leading authority on the, uh, the genes that respond to alcohol in some sort of weird worm. They're, they're trying to figure out the genetic triggers for alcoholism. And she's like the leading authority on this thing. And had I not met her through a friend of mine, I would have never known she was on the planet. Yeah. Right. Yes. So it, it, you've got to just keep asking yourself, like, what is making me money? What is making me money? What in, and if you can't trace cash to a blog, why are you doing a blog? Right. 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 And it's not to say that you can't make money from a blog. You can absolutely make money from a blog. Lots right. of people do it. Right. But they it's have not, a, they have a mm -hmm. process for getting clients from their blog. Exactly. And so that goes back to the system and the process and yeah. all of the things that surround it. Yes. Yeah. I love this conversation so much. I have to tell you, you know, I had a lot of people who I've worked with over the years that have come to me and said, this is my goal. And there isn't, um, there isn't the, the strategy for making the money around it. And as soon as I throw that question back in, just like you do, it's, it's sort of like, wow, I didn't think about that. <laughs> like, and for me, I'm like, wait a minute. Um, I operate from, you're going to make money. Like, just like you do, just like you talk about, you're going to make money in your business. And it's important whether your first goal is making 50,000 or hundred thousand or 250 or a million dollars. It's so helpful to use that as a way to filter or, or not like as a kind of a focal point, right? But I'm going to say this, Laura, and I don't know, you probably work with a lot of conscious individuals as well, like people who are very mm -hmm. much heart-centered, mission-driven. Yep. And yep. there's this yep. push-pull between, yep. if I say I'm going to make money, but I'm heart-centered too, is this okay? And do you get that? Uh, do you get where yep. I'm going with yep. this? Yeah. 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 Um, it feels, it, there seems some at times to feel like there's a misalignment. And I always yeah. say, Mm -mm. you got to put the oxygen mask on first. Exactly. You can't help anybody if you're poor. Yeah. Somebody, I, I read somewhere, somebody said, you can't, you can't get poor enough to help a lot of people. Yeah. Like you, you, you have to, if you want to help people get some cash mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I'm not saying overcharge people or, mm -mm. you know, steal, but you know, I, so I used to be in the insurance business years ago and I had what I called my Robin hood strategy because I had an awful lot of clients. I'll just be brutally honest that I did not like, mm -hmm. we did not share the same values. And I took massive pride in collecting their insurance premiums every month and getting my commission from it and then taking part of my commission and giving it to charities that they would hate. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm gonna take from these people and give to these people. Mm. And, and it, that made me just be like, I can't wait to go sell some more because I want these people's money because I'm gonna put it over there. Mm. 
And um, so I, you know, I think you just, you have to look at it and say your clients are, your clients are paying because they're getting value. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you don't charge enough, it, there's, it, we all have this psychology of you get what you pay for. Yes. Yes. And if you're not charging enough, people feel like they're not getting enough. Yes. Even if you're over delivering, they still feel like they're not getting enough. They're not going to take it as seriously. Yeah. And, and so you have an obligation to charge the right amount to do good work, to deliver, to, to be kind, to be generous, to be heart centered. And then what you do with that money is totally up to you, right? If you want to donate it to a charity, if you want to, you know, put it away so that you can retire early and go serve the world. Great. Right. right. But, you know, even mother Teresa was one hell of a fundraiser. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely true. Laura, I could talk to you for hours and I'm a, I want to circle back to a couple of things before we wrap up on this show yeah, today. Sure. So you start when you're working with people, you have a yeah. particular gift um, that I think is really helpful for them to start with. Uh, yeah. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah. It's it's called our daily success checklist, um, because before you start, you know, planning your year and beyond, let's just start small and start planning your day. And so it's got three pieces to it. There's the um, one side of it has your annual goals and your quarterly projects and your daily success habits. So that gets your day started off right, looking at all of the, the things that that you're working towards and the, the, the personal success habits that make you feel good and whole, whether that's eating right, exercising, you know, doing a hobby, um, you know, playing an instrument, something like that. The center part is all what you're going to work on today. And it's all structured in a very specific way. And then the, the final part is the reflection piece where you close the book on the, your work day and look back at the things that you did really well, the places where you made progress, things you want to learn or things that you learned and the things that you're grateful for. And when you're done with that, you literally close the book on your work day and you go off and be the, the other you that is not the CEO. Excellent. I love that as a start. And then you work with people. So talk a little bit more about your work and um, what happens beside this special gift, which we're going to put the link in. Um, it's simplesuccessplans.com forward slash checklist is where you can mm -hmm. get the daily success checklist kit, but we'll put the link in the show notes. But what happens beyond that? So we all know that everyone can grab that awesome resource, but yeah. how do you support people beside? Yeah, so I have a couple of different ways that I work with folks. Um, we have an online course version of the program that we teach. It's called Plan to Win, and it, it goes through the whole system of how do you do the lifestyle design, then how do you do what we call a success roadmap, mm -hmm. which is the one-page plan for your business, and then how does that connect into your daily success checklist? Um, so we teach that as an online course. Um, once a year in December, we open up a live taught six week masterclass version of that. So we teach that throughout um, January and the beginning of February. And then for clients that are, are larger, where they have more of a leadership team, um, I do a one on one with them. So we'll just sort of lock ourselves in a room for a day or two and we will just knock out that whole entire system. Um, with however many people they have on their leadership team. 
I love it. I want everyone to jump into your world, starting, of course, with the gift and then knowing more about how they can do additional work and get started even before January. And I love this because it's not my zone, right? It's not my superpower. I I could do it pretty well, but I could learn a lot from you. And I'm excited to be in your world with you now. So I can, um, I can jump all the way in. Um, Real quickly, where can people learn more about you? So everything, all of our resources are at simplesuccessplans.com. We've got some free resources there for folks. Um, They can get the daily success checklist there. Um, We've got some other freebies and things, and they can learn about the courses and things that we offer. And where do you like to hang out online? I'm a Facebook gal. Okay. Um, (laughs) That's that's my jam. So you can always find me on Facebook. Feel free to friend me. you know, tell me, tell me where you found me. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I don't use it as <laughs> yeah. much as Facebook. I'm just a Facebook gal. Narrowed it down. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Um, and my final question is, is there anything that you have on your nightstand or that you're reading right now? It can be pleasure. It can be work, but what's one of your current reads? One of my current reads. So I'm reading all sorts of weird stuff at the moment. I just picked up a book last night that was a 2020 Pulitzer Prize winner called The Nickel Boys. And I'm Hmm. just like 10 pages into it. Great. Excellent. Um, So that's cool. And And I'm a mystery fan. So I can, I've always got some goofy mystery thing happening. I'm, I'm reading an Ellery Adams right now. So. Oh, that's great. I don't, I'm probably not as much mystery. I'm historical fiction and yeah, I used to be like the romance, you know, the beach romance. I don't even know why that was a long time ago, but I really try not to read many business books. Like once in a while I yeah. will. Um, but I really see that more as like, that's for learning and for my education. But I, yeah, I check out at least once a week now I'm reading a, a something for an enjoyment. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I read it. I read every night. I can't read uh, business books before I go to sleep. Cause I won't go to sleep. No. So what are you reading? Come on. Turn it out to fair play. It's on your yes. Desk. Yes. I just finished where the crawdads sing. I love that mm-hmm. book. That was a really good one. And then someone just recommended, um, I have it right here. This is a little bit of a mystery and it's in my own backyard and I'm sharing it with my husband. So it's called Homicide at Rough Point. And it's all about, Ooh. yeah, the untold story of how Doris Duke, the richest woman in America got away with murder. Yeah. So it's Ooh. kind of, a, it's interesting. So you yeah. actually appreciate this one and it happens, you know, it happens to be right here in our area and it's by Peter yeah. Lance. So he's, so he reads it and when he falls asleep, I pick it up. I mean, it works well, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that's how we're sharing this experience, but um, yeah. So it's a little bit different than my usual genre historical, but it is, it's actually historical and it's mystery. So there you go. Yeah. So yeah, it's historical. Not, I mean, it's nonfiction. I mean, exactly. It's juicy stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I'll let you know by the end of it. I think we know how it worked out, but I'll let you know how it goes. (laughs) So awesome. I really appreciate having you here today and sharing. And um, if there's one thing that you'd like the listeners to think about, uh, leave them with one thought 
today from what we've talked about? What, what is it that you'd like them to know or think about? I'd like them to think about the things that really deeply light them up in their life outside of business and make those things a priority and make their business serve those things. Great. Love that. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being my guest today. I cannot wait for everyone to learn more. Absolutely. Can't wait for everyone to learn uh, more about you. So don't forget to grab Laura's gift, the daily success checklist kit at simplesuccessplans.com forward slash checklist. For those of you who are still getting to know me and my world, I also have a gift below, which is the ultimate speaking lead generation starter guide for those of you who are interested in doing more speaking in your business to generate more leads. We'll have a link below. And if you haven't joined the Midlife CEO Facebook group, come on over to us. There's a link below. It's it's uh, geniespyro.com forward slash CEO. And it's a free group. We talk a little bit more about business growth and marketing strategies to grow your business at Midlife. So thanks for listening, everyone. I'll see you on the next episode. And Laura, I will see you in the online space and beyond. And once again, thank you so much. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Midlife CEO Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.